All right. Well, let's get started. Yeah, let's do it. So this is Two Homers and a Realist. We are joined by the often mentioned first-time appearance of Jay, who is going to have to determine what he is for this one, because I think all of us are going through an identity crisis. But let's go ahead and introduce ourselves starting. This is Lucas. Steve. Connor. Jay. All right. So we're not sure who is a homer and who is a realist today, who is an optimist, who is a pessimist, but we're going to flesh all that out. Um, let's start with just the basic, who's optimistic, who's pessimistic. A- after today, how do you feel compared to before the game? Let's start with Jay. All right. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Uh, normally, I'm about as much of a homer as possible, but this entire season, I'm pretty disappointed in the team, so you can put me on the pessimistic side for sure so you're pessimistic but in general like how how did this game change you compared to how you were at the start of this game which you had voiced your concerns to the group this small group about this game coming into it but how do you feel about it now after the game in relation to how you felt going into the game i'd say it's about the same i, I think um there's just still did you too watch much. the game yes okay. there's still just two the ou game yes okay. sorry then there are I think the things are are easily correctable, but I'm not sure why experienced players are still having these issues. Um, I think Grinch mentioned this week that he still sees the 2020 players, and it is. It, it doesn't seem like there's been any growth from the defensive players. That's an interesting uh, comment. Would you say that, even though it wasn't voiced that way, that the on the offensive side of the ball, we're still seeing early 2020? In many regards. Yeah, I mean, it looks like Rattler's first couple of games again. Mm-hmm. And he obviously improved throughout the season after the benching at Texas. But, mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at Rattler, the last three, four games last season compared to right now, it, he, he looks lost. I don't know. I don't really understand. So, Connor, are you optimistic or pessimistic um, today after the game versus where you were before? i got to be more pessimistic for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree a lot with what Jay just said. It's, it is... It's super disappointing. I, I know I've used that word in the past on this podcast, especially the first week, but it's just, it, and I think a lot of it boils down to, like what Jay just said, experienced players not looking experienced or not looking coached up to the level that we thought they'd be at this point this year um, compared to where they were last year. So, um, for example, you know, we did just talk about Grinch calling out these defensive players. I, th- I see a lot of growth on the def- defensive side of the ball, in my opinion. I think there's... I think Nebraska had some dudes up there that are guys who are very Division One eligible players. Uh, they they were big up front, in my opinion. Um, and I think towards the latter half of the game, we got in the backfield more than what um, we were in the first half. However, you know, offensively, I, that's where my pessimism really lies. Is mm-hmm. we have been spoiled offensively in the past. I completely understand that, but but. When you are hyped up as one of these offensive juggernauts, if not the offensive juggernaut in college football, and you're looking out on the field and seeing the play that we saw today, I don't think there's anything but pessimism coming from that aspect. So I'll pick up on that theme. I think that even with whatever hype may exist, if you just look at the raw ingredients of what we've got and what we've recruited and, and the coaching continuity that we've had on offense, you expect to be at a higher level than where we are right now a more consistent level and it seems to me we'll definitely get into this for a while that both at the quarterback level and the play calling level you're seeing some real problems and some shortcomings I would say that I'm more pessimistic Um, I think that I'm actually uh, uh, 
maybe not much different on the defensive side of the ball. I was maybe impressed by Nebraska enough that it overcomes whatever happened on defense to say they are a better team, I think, than what we thought they were going to be. Um, And I don't think that's just in relation to seeing them play us closer than the spread. I think it's a lot in relation to seeing them play in person. And at least if they had a lot of fight in them, they had a lot of creativity, they had pretty good execution aside from a lot of um, false starts and other things that were going on in their offensive line. Um, I think all in all, offensively and defensively, they're a pretty good team. I definitely think that they were impressive, more impressive defensively than I thought they were going to be. But with all that said, I'm disappointed in our offense and disappointed in our play calling and generally a little more pessimistic for sure than when I entered the game. Lucas? I think we're back to saying what, what you two were saying after the Tulane game. You're like, hey, Tulane's a lot better than we thought they were. And they play Mississippi tonight. We'll see what they do. Yeah. Yeah. If they play well against them, then I would be wrong thinking that seeing that Tulane is better than I thought they were. Mm-hmm. But after that game, both of you were thinking that we played decent, but Tulane was better than we thought they were. And now you're coming into this Agreed. instance, and I you're stand like, by that. Nebraska looks better than we thought they were. Blah blah. They lost to Illinois, who was trash. Um, I don't. I think it just proves that we're further down than we thought. Then you're not. You weren't we're impressed at all by Nebraska versus what you thought coming into the game. I was impressed with the creativity of a couple of their plays. They run a jet sweep, fake reverse. Do you think their pass, execution was good? Like I think Martinez played really, really well. I think he played well, but he. I mean, he was. Do you think they can compete in the Big Ten? This no, year? not at all. Have you seen the Big Ten? Yes. I mean, they're not better than Ohio State, even though Ohio State. They're State's not, not better than Ohio State. I'm not saying Michigan that. State looks better. I think a lot of that. I think be. a lot of that initial Tulane skepticism, though, was definitely on the defensive side of the ball because we got so let down off of the hype that was around this unit. Today, defensively, I'm there's one or two plays that yeah we left out on the field, in my opinion. The concern for me after this one is offense. Like I'm. That is a concerning aspect of this entire team. I'm the defense on the defensive side of the ball. We are flying to the ball in most cases, no, I mean, and that was down some yeah, players. I, I if he wasn't so if he wasn't so athletic, I mean, there was there was seven or eight sacks left out there that a lesser quarterback would have been sacked. We had good pressure on a lot of those, and we would grab at his ankle, but mm-hmm. he would just get away. He'd be able to roll to his left or right, get rid of the ball, mm-hmm. or run for four, four, seven yards. Mm-hmm. So I was impressed with Martinez looking good, mm-hmm. which I don't entirely blame on our defense. He just made athletic plays. But as an overall team, I don't think Nebraska is going to – I mean, are they a bowl game team? I don't think so. Oh, I think I mean, if they go 6-6, six and six, I'll be surprised. They're one and two now. Have you not seen their schedule? I don't know, but um, I haven't seen their schedule. They're actually either. one and three. They're one and three. Or, no, they're two, well, and two, two and two. two, and two. They beat Furman. And two. Who, is, who else? Did uh, they beat? Buffalo. Buffalo. Okay. So they're two and two. So they've got some winnable games. Who had a good showing today? They got some win. Buffalo winnable games. hung in there with Coastal Carolina. I'll take over. the over on that. I, I think they're better than. I mean, I guess they could be in six. But six you were agreeing with something. You had something else to say there. Oh no, the defensive line is definitely playing well. I think. Some of the scheme early on, we got out of our rushing lanes, just getting too far upfield, and left Martinez these these gaps to run through. Mm-hmm. Um, We're very uh, misbalanced there, where the rush was all to the right or the left, a lot yeah. of times the right, yeah. and he was wide open to go to the left, yeah. We started having Benito um, shadow him pretty much the whole second half for the I most didn't notice part, that. and that worked. Yeah, dropping him in the spot yeah. often. I didn't notice that. And our linebackers and safeties, we're going to see this – from every team we play from here on out until we show we can stop it. But mm-hmm. crossing routes and drag routes across the middle and the whole bringing people in motion and having them go on a drag route, it's 
completely confuses them. Mm -hmm. Those are really the only buffs we have today are those types of plays. Mm -hmm. If you just line up and play, um, I yeah, I think our normal def- football. But I think our play in the backfield is definitely um, lacking. But I think we, it's had, we were a couple starters out too. That's true. And exactly. They only had 95 yards rushing, so obviously yeah, yeah, our, our yeah. front seven played well against yeah. the run. Yeah. But it was a bunch of those third and seven, well, third and eights that they would run a 12-yard drag, and and the defender is trailing them, but not close enough to to knock away the pass or make him yeah. make him worry about getting hit before they caught the ball, except for the one tight end that got. So I would say that we had we had two big busts um, deep, and aside from those. Defense played extremely solidly. Um, a couple of bad penalties at, at critical spots, um, but uh, the defense, even with those busts, and they're going for nearly uh, n- neither one for a touchdown, but both set up touchdowns. It w- shouldn't matter because your de- your offense should be putting you in a position that they're playing insurmountable catch up, and they weren't. And I think all of us looked up. I was surprised. I look up at, the, at how fast the game was going by, playing right into Nebraska's hands and how few points we're putting on the board and realizing how precarious a 14-3 lead is. Um, definitely when it was you know, by the luck of blocking the kick and catching it and being able to run it back 100 yards for a touch uh, for a two-point conversion for yourself, being up a touchdown. Uh, that was a huge boom. Huge, huge, 16-9. Yes. Um, changes the whole composition of everything going forward. And maybe the difference maker in the game um, I actually told my about, dad before that happened. I said, "I'm surprised we're not going for two mm-hmm. to make it 14 to 11 because then they're only a field mm-hmm. goal off." Well, I but thought for the way the defenses yeah. on both sides were playing, I thought yeah. Frost may go ahead and say, "Well, it's hard not to, if we can get a three now on yeah. the other side, we only need a field goal to tie this game." It's hard not to not to just kick the conventional. I to yeah. chase the points. To chase I mean, the points. But I've always been a I've been the opposite. I like, of a lot of analysts where I say. The earlier you know what you have to do, I agree. The I'm with you on that. You don't wait I like until that scoring too. the last touchdown to go for two. You don't have to because then yeah. you need to know what. I agree, and and in that same vein, to criticize Nebraska and Scott Frost, although this isn't the point of this podcast, but it was interesting when they had a chance on fourth and sixteen when they throw that the greatest interception in the history of college football <laughs> according to ESPN. No, there was a question mark after. Oh, there was. Said, okay. Is this the greatest interception? Well, when they threw that, they should have kicked the field goal. Because then they're only down by 11, and they're still within... It's not like it was fourth and one. That would have gone down by eight, wouldn't it? It was fourth and a mile, yeah. Um, but they kicked it no, they and put it within eight? They would have... What was the score? No, they were, we were up by 14. No, we were up by 14. So they would, have put it, they would have been within 11. And so then you're a field goal and a, a touchdown with a two-point conversion. It just didn't... I know it... It's still it, two it's, possessions, though. With only six it's still possessions, but it's fourth and 15. And you've got to basically get to the end. You know, if you get the 15, you're nearly in the end zone anyway. So I don't understand why they, they didn't. Uh, I think it's fourth and 15. It's fourth and forever. They, they had a penalty. Yep. And so, uh, or no, a sack. And so I don't, and I don't know why he doesn't think about entertain kicking the field goal there just to see whatever happens next. It, it obviously worked out for them because even with an interception on the next play, three and out later, which we'll talk about, they are in um, OU territory going down for a, a score, a touchdown, to put them down by just seven and one touchdown. So we're getting right into the overall impression of the game, and maybe we've covered the game and the team. Um, let's start into players, and then we can start getting into, as well, I think, some coaching. Um, not, coaching isn't explicitly on something we generally talk about, but I think that's an important part of it. So player in position, most surprising, encouraging, or disappointing? Who has something to offer there? 
Oh, I'll go with my what I said right before, and clearly a little biased, but Jalen Redmond was extremely impressive. I loved when we mm-hmm. moved him out to the edge mm-hmm. and had him matched up one on one. I wish that fumble was a fumble ah, that he no would kidding. got yeah. the rumble in um, for the touchdown. He was explosive off the edge and dominant. I mean, he. I'm looking at his stats here. Um, he had one and a half sacks, two solo tackles, uh, five total tackles, and out of those five, two tackles for losses. So um, just a really solid game. I, I think it's fun seeing him get back in the groove and see him just add to the complexion of that what's supposed to be a very dominant defensive line, you know, mm-hmm. with – uh, Benito and, and Isaiah mm-hmm. Thomas and, and those guys up front. So um, really encouraging from from his side. So that'd be my my surprise player. player. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about quarterback independently. But anybody have any other surprises um, or something disappointing or encouraging that they saw? I think Eric Gray looked better today. Yeah, he looked I'd more agree. patient. I agree. Um, he's kind of yeah. learning to let his blocks develop a little mm-hmm. bit better. Absolutely, and mm-hmm. he's. He's just one little step away from yes. taking one to the house. Yep, strong runner. He just one broken tackle, one little acceleration away from we really had 194 free. yards of rushing today. He made a lot of guys miss. We rushed really well in in moments um, when we were moving the ball, yeah. and then we drifted away it's from it. Man. Even though we had success passing on one drive, a touchdown drive, it was frustrating that we were passing the ball and going to the pass as much right. as we were. Um, but, yeah, we had some really good – I think that's a good pick. for My only critique of Gray on. and Lincoln is <laughs> Kennedy's vision is so much better. Yeah. And Gray was continuously mm-hmm. the running back in and goal line situations. Mm-hmm. And he got stopped at the one and several he's times. he's a smaller back. Right. Gray, uh, Brooks is more powerful. Yeah. And just he just sees the holes just a little bit better, knows where yeah. to go. So that critique is really more on Riley than it is Gray. Yeah, just, Brooks is a really purposeful runner. He's very direct. He is the smoothest runner since Mike Gaddis that I've ever, OU runner that I've ever seen. If you ever, I know that was a little, that was before your time. Mm-hmm. You need to go back and watch clips of Mike Gaddis running. He was absolute grace. He just was smooth like an, like he was on ice. <laughs> he was so damn good. Um, tragic end into his career with a knee injury that before knee surgery technology where is where it is today came back but never was the same but he was so absolutely elusive um brooks reminds me of that a lot just with his sleek running i yeah. really really like it yeah and his vision is really impressive and it continued today for sure any other um players before we get to coach uh coaches and quarterback because I, th- I want to talk about both of those together now let's go right in the quarterback so um we start with the question will rattler be a heisman finalist um, prediction, Lucas? No. I will say, <laughs> at this point, no, but not as enthusiastic a no as you. I, I believe, from our discussion pre-pod. Connor? I'll say I don't think so. I, I'll, I'll go with I don't think so, too. That's what I mean by that. Yeah. I, it, well, I mean, that's what the definition is. is well, it's not... It, will I mean, I will Spencer will be, Sanders so no. at Oklahoma State be... A Heisman finalist. I don't think Hard so. no. <laughs> will will any of us be a Heisman finalist? Harder no. But will will Sam will will Rattler? Probably not. Um, I'll say I'll say no at the moment. He had, does have a chance only because of of how he turned it on last year. Mm-hmm. Plus, the overall, hype. I think across college football. I don't know if there's just that many 
dynamic players, you almost might get there by default. There, there's a very, well, it, it's two facets to that. That's a good point. Um, the competition may be pretty weak. And when you've got a head start that you're, you enter the season as a big candidate, it's hard for the most people to knock you out of that. And as much as we see this game, the rest of the country is not watching this right. stuff. Right. He hasn't way. done anything to lose it. Right. He's just right. not grasping. He's not taking it. My we, we see today, him throwing a triple coverage. Right. And we're no like, one else. You'll never see that. Right. Point. Yeah. No exactly. one else. Statline doesn't. Statline doesn't show right. that. I was thinking about that today as I was watching it, thinking about this question and realizing that this was an opportunity on a bit of an, a big showcase, not the biggest of showcases, but a pretty big showcase show down here, where he could have. Um, done really well and um, really advanced his stock in that but he he didn't completely miss in a way that would have shown up on the stat line and so back to the showcase showdown illusion if you guess a number like a trillion dollars you're definitely going to lose if you were to throw three interceptions today you're definitely going to put yourself in a very difficult position to overcome that mm -hmm. and you lose the game you're going to this is a game that was hard fought he won he had a pretty good quarterback rating, and I think 78 or something. So he does. Yeah, I was calculating in my head. Yeah, um, and so, oh, that's right. I forgot that one. He did get that one yardage. Um, so I think that that's a good point. He probably is still in a position where he it's it's his to lose in, in, in the sense of getting to New York. But we see the truth that there's going to be some – he's not going to have that – breakout game as likely as we hope where he puts himself and elevates it to that stage and that level. Yeah, because so, nationally, I think he had one passing touchdown and one rushing touchdown against Tulane. Uh-huh. And he, I think he had that again today. They're raving about how great of a half he played. But he had five passing touchdowns last week, mm -hmm. but no one's going to remember Which who one, those where they came against. Yeah. So right now he just number he's of touchdowns. seven rushing touchdowns. Or seven passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, right. and yep. a quarterback and a, rating, pass percentage and rating, a rating for a however many record. people have mm -hmm. not watched the game. So. Right, right. And, and he's going to have to have that big game. It may come at Texas. It may come against Iowa State. We don't know. But he'll have to have something that elevates him in, in the eyes, I think, of those, those voters. But let's criticize him, and let's criticize Lincoln at the same time. So I'll start. Um, I thought that his decision-making is is scarily poor at this point. His footwork has been criticized a lot, and now I'm really seeing it as, as now I'm sensitive to it. If I were Lincoln Riley, who doesn't seem to trust him a whole lot, I think you had mentioned that, or maybe you had. Yeah. yeah, Lucas mentioned that. Um, I would have him roll out a lot. He seems much better in the rollout, on the move, and that is to, and, and so if I'm a defense, what I would do is just try to force him to beat you in the pocket. And that's really sad to think that a Heisman quarterback's not going to do as well if he's in the pocket to try and beat you. But I don't see it right now. I don't see him looking off receivers in the right way if there is real pressure and really good coverage. If you're playing Western Carolina, that doesn't exist. But today against Nebraska, it did. Um, I think that to criticize another thing, which is Lincoln Riley's play calling. Um, you mean the six different plays we called all game? Just this play to the left, this play to the it right. This is. Play to the left, this it play to the is. It right. is very straightforward and simplistic, and I don't know if he doesn't trust the offense enough. If he doesn't feel like they've come along, which why uh, wouldn't he be to blame for that? It's not like he inherited this last week. 
Um, and it's not like all those guys are brand new. It's not like they're brand new. So I don't understand that. Or is he just so worried about showing something that he wants to hide and keep everything in his back pocket until deeper play into the season? I mean, just a, not a good. Five enough point for that. game against Tulane. I agree. A seven point game I against agree. Nebraska. You, sh- you need to be throwing. You need to be out throwing there. a lot more out there. And they and I I could see their defense that they did a lot of things today that they haven't done. Things that we would criticize because they didn't work and it didn't work like the shovel pass twice. Um, I love that play. I don't know if I love it in every situation. I don't. Or to um, a fullback. Or to a fullback. Yeah. And one thing Thanks. I don't like, back to the criticism of Blink and Riley, we can easily criticize Rattler for making the wrong run-pass option decision, which he did a couple times, the wrong read. In one, in one instance, he made the wrong decision. He should have handed the ball off. He, he ends up passing, and then he makes the wrong pass. So it was double bad. Um, he did make a good read and not hand the ball off and kept it when he ran to his right to get a first down at one at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, was it mm-hmm. fourth quarter? Yeah, because that's in the fourth. Those yeah. defensive ends, too, are, are yeah, not expecting him to keep it. They just keep the, crashing The defensive end right. definitely crashed, and right. he kept it and got right. seven That was good. Or whatever. So not, everything is, not everything's flawed. Not everything's awful. Um, I'm going to defend him in a second, but I'm going to give you guys a chance to weigh in it right after I make a knock against Lincoln's play calling. So two things. One... I wish they'd spend more time on basic football and less time on razzle-dazzle plays. Yep. The throwback um, to, to Rattler, for him to throw it for a negligible, what was it, a 20-yard gain that's well, covered? If the guy doesn't come, that, that's a touchdown. If the guy doesn't stay at home to go after Rattler, if that guy had went ahead and crashed when they threw back to Rattler, right. he had to get rid of it quick. So right, he threw right, it off his right. back foot, so mm. it was only a 20-yard well, play, as opposed to if he's able to step in that throw, it's a touchdown. Okay. I, that was that was the play call that actually worked, but, but the, didn't completely the defender work. stayed home. It's To me, and I love those plays. I love that we do that stuff. My problem is if we're not far enough ahead in the rest of basic football, let's not spend a lot of time on that and do it because it's a high-risk play. At the very least, it all has to work. And Max, of all people, recognized he goes, hey, that's what got us beat against K-State. If you remember throwing, it was not exactly the same. It was it was C.D. Lamb throwing it, it, but and should have caught it. But still, it was. Um, it's it's the kind of stuff where I just would like to see the other parts of the offense working really well before that. And the other thing to criticize Lincoln Riley, and then I'll stop this monologue, is when we're at third and six in the at the end of the first half, um, and going into um, headed towards the end zone, um, we decide to throw a pass to Stogner who either he broke and read it wrong or, or Rattler read it wrong and he overthrew it. I would rather treat that as two down territory, run the ball, and then run it again. We end up missing a long field goal because it's fourth and six, obviously, after a, a badly missed pass. I would much rather see us try to um, run the ball with the intention of going forward on a fourth and two if we get to that position. So that was disappointing to me. It's just one of many things I've disappointed in some of Lincoln Riley's play calling. Now you guys take over. Rattler. I think Rattler's regressed. I mean, the benching at the Texas game, he came out, played great the second half, and then overtime. The rest of the season, it seemed like he continued to get better. Over, you know, every game he yeah. got better. Yep. And by the end of the season against Florida, we're like, holy crap, Rattler's going to be the man next season. Like, he's top five in the draft, NFL draft projections. He's number one Heisman projection. And we're all going to the season like, yeah, I mean, if he looks like he did the last four or five games of the season, 
this is going to be our next Baker, Kyler, you know, whatever. Productive quarterback. Right, our next, our next, you know, efficient, awesome quarterback. And then first game of the year, we're like, ah, he's maybe rusty, you know, got a couple guys out, maybe this, yeah. you know. A lot of stuff happened offseason. Last week, he only got to play a half, which he looked fine, but it's against lesser competition. So this was the game that I still don't think Nebraska is any good, but we're, he. this was a game that he should have, played well for us to go into the rest of the season thinking, oh, we're, this is on. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look like it. He looks like pre-Texas game again, mm-hmm. where he's throwing in a triple coverage. He's he's mm-hmm. lobbing balls that they're like a 12, 12 yard out route that he should be firing in there to get the guy. Where you criticized earlier, it was a great one. And he's where he, he is running for his life and he wings it to a guy on the sideline where he should just be throwing that ball out of bounds and getting rid of yeah. it. And, and, he throws and it up for grabs. And Mario, had, Williams Mario Williams has to play defense mm-hmm. and knock it away from two Mario guys. Williams did that twice. Yeah. Mario Williams had to play defense on offense twice yeah. on that. I don't know. It's just like I, I, I've never – He threw that ball to Hazelwood that was like 10 foot over his head yeah. on a third and yeah. seven or something like he that. He fired one at Hazelwood that it was like he was trying to get hit the strike zone in the World Series. <laughs> and it was, it was behind his, behind his head. And, yeah. I mean, he went 24 of 34, which honestly, yes, we're spoiled because we're Oklahoma fans – forever for the last seven years or however long it's been we're spoiled with you know guys mm-hmm. throwing four incomplete you know going mm-hmm. 25 of 29 but we demand, i mean it, it's a reasonable demand right. to have top level yeah quality. that passing percentage is not great no i guess a team that lost to illinois i mean this nebraska yeah and I, everybody I, criticized going in they're saying yeah nebraska's front seven is pretty decent but their corners are horrible is what, mm-hmm. what i kept hearing their secondary mm-hmm. is lost and then today you think, oh, we're really going to take – we may not be able to run the ball that mm-hmm. well, but we're going to really take advantage of the passing game. And it wasn't there. Well, there's lots I mean, of reasons that you may not win or look good. 14 yards passing. But we're keen in on the fact that the quarterback's not looking good because it wasn't drop passes. It wasn't missed blocks. It wasn't busted coverages on the defense. It was quarterback play that was the shortcoming. It right. really is a weak point on this play, on this game. So I think it's Well, when you hold a team to three points in the first half, you would think on oh, the Lincoln yeah. Raleigh offense, this game is out of control. Yeah, it's 21 to yeah. 3. I mean, easily. Yeah, 24 to 3. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it should be no question for that. My trouble, one of my troubles is. I like the first we, drive with the methodical. I, I, I think it actually looked really, really well on the first drive. I did yeah, too. I, I thought, oh, we're, this is going to be methodical day. We're going to mm-hmm. 75 yards in eight minutes or whatever it was. I was like, I, you know, yeah. if we if we do this, if we stop them, get the ball back, you know, then have our normal four-minute drive and score another touchdown, you know, this could be 21 to three. Let me get one more no shot problem. in about that. Um, we have a true inability to go vertical at this point. Oh, mm-hmm. we haven't and, even tried. The, well, some of the, the just a few times we have. Like 12 yards off line of scrimmage. Well, so a few times we, we have. And yeah, and, and that one is a floater where it, it was at Mario Williams again playing defense yeah, on that deep so. post route that, that was just – so I know the guy can throw it deep. He just – we're not doing it and not doing it in the right um, situation. So criticize Rattler. Um, I think he doesn't – he doesn't look laterally. Mm-hmm. I think several times he has running backs in the flats open for an easy five, six, seven, eight yard gain. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. He never looks that direction for swing passes. Right. I don't know if it's just maybe not it's a what third he likes read. Do. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if it's not what he's taught to do, but he seems to look for a, a curl route over the middle or mm-hmm. a seam route or something else that's his check down versus some running back that's sneaking out of the backfield. Yeah. Um, I got a theory on that. The, the triple coverage went through. Brooks didn't have anybody within eight yards yep. in the circle. Yep, right? I saw that too. It's I, like if you yeah. just check that down, Brooks runs in the end zone right. 40 yards out. I think, and this is a lot of um, assumption on my part or presumption, 
But I think the guy wants razzle-dazzle and he wants big plays. And throwing it to the guy in a flat is not a big play. It can be a great play. It's just it doesn't feel like it. What feels like a great play is threading the seam or throwing for 50 yards. And I think he has an, uh, a bias towards what is the more sensational play, not the safe, efficient, let's get it done play. Yeah, I don't know if that comes with experience and time and or what, but... And he didn't play his senior year of high school, right? He got right. in trouble playing like right. two games and then right. didn't play the rest of the year. Right. Yeah. That's well, what sex and bathrooms do for I would now like to <laughs> not have to edit this podcast. <laughs> so um, I, I would say that let's praise him a little or see if you can. I think that he's still a sensational athlete. I think that he's still got a lot of potential. Um, I think that it's something that Lincoln Riley would would love to still have an opportunity to work with a kid like that with all of his raw mechanics and what he can bring. Um, I, I think he can still in this season fabulously. I think he could still win the Heisman. I think he could still do a lot of things. I've got a lot of faith in that ability. My faith is being challenged and when you're going to have to convert faith into reality at some point. But I do think that you have to give the guy some slack that he's had a very weird three years. He didn't play in high school He uh, fully. He um, played under Hertz, which was a weird situation to have a transfer come in when you expected to be in the program. And um, then you had obviously what was a com- completely crazy year in 2020, and he did end pretty strongly there. So um, I'll give the guy some chances. At the same time, I'm going to start criticizing and being critical of Lincoln Riley more and more and Rattler less as it goes on, knowing we have someone pretty good on the bench who potentially can step in and be a big-time player. Um, yeah. And so if, if, if we end this season and we're very disappointed in our quarterback play, I'm not going to be disappointed in Spencer Rattler as much as I'm going to be disappointed in his coaches who didn't put him in a position to win or realize he wasn't the right guy to win. The other thing, if I went, were going to be real derogatory, I'd say the best thing that maybe could happen to OU is what happened to OU in 1985, and that's have your star quarterback get injured. <laughs> and I'm not saying that. Um, but that's the ironic part of what can happen for you in, in what you might have to have happen to give a second uh, backup quarterback a, a chance. And I don't think that's necessary. I don't, I don't see everything they see. I'm going to defer to those guys paid millions of dollars to make this decision. But, man, it's looking challenged as we don't see Caleb Williams on the field and we see Rattler doing what he's doing. I think what's disappointing, too, is um, for most offenses, but specifically Riley's offenses, you have to be able to run the ball to throw. Mm-hmm. And we were able to run today, and yeah. it still didn't and open still up passing lanes. Yeah. So, like, Tulane, we didn't run very well. It was, it was like three yards, three and a half yards per carry. Mm-hmm. So I can understand um, passing lanes being clogged, not having people open because they're not afraid of your run game. Mm-hmm. But the first half of the day, we were at, like, six and a half, almost seven yards per carry in the first half. Mm-hmm. And, and there still should yeah. be more players open than that. I agree. If they're gunning to stop the run, it just makes no sense to not have – more players open or easier passes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I want to, yeah, I want to spend like a second on, but I, it's just like uh, Rattler is, it's such a weird, you know, like Lucas said, like a regression. It's just so odd to see someone go from what he ended on last year to where he's at now 
and it's, it's Trevor Nightish. It truly mm, is. Really good point. Except Trevor didn't look good the second half of that season. Right, he right. He was right. one, and then one game. Right. right, one and game. He was the yeah. guy. And, right. and, and we did see. Uh, I mean, we saw a half season out of Spencer Rattler. Yeah, it was fantastic. And right. that, that's what's even worse. It's even worse than Trevor Knight because we know Spencer Rattler can be a dude. Yeah. And I, I just think it's a guy who doesn't have an identity right now. I don't know if he knows like. It, Do you think it's the NIL branding stuff? So no, I, don't, I don't, I don't like using that as a yeah, bailout. Two free cars from you. Do see stuff like that, and you you hear like I've heard the kid. He's a well spoken guy, yeah. and he speaks he speaks well to the camera and to the media, and like you, he doesn't come across as arrogant. Right, he doesn't, he doesn't come, come across, across as a guy conceited. who's flaunting anything. No. So, but it's also someone who I, today looking at him and watching him and his decisions or his lack of decisions in a lot of cases. Just a guy that doesn't look like he has a lot of confidence in what he's doing or in or in either that or in his players that he's trying to get the ball to. I don't know. He just looks a little lost, a lot lost out there, especially today. He wasn't sacked um, today either. I'm looking at the stats. Now, we don't have hurries or pressures or anything, but he had zero sacks. Right. He's super he had, quick to roll out of the pocket. Super yeah, quick he, to roll out of the He definitely leaves way too early. Yeah. He did that early on last year, mm-hmm. but he's, he, he wouldn't think in. that would be around again. Right. That is a different mm-hmm. offensive line. But they've actually pass-protected pretty well you know, this season. Link back to a, another highly, highly successful OU quarterback who nobody holds in, in that top echelon of OU quarterback, Landry Jones. One of his biggest problems. I hold him in an echelon, but nobody else does. You shouldn't. Um, one of those problems with Landry Jones is um, I think what he – I think he's great. I, I think he was uh, – I, I loved what he did for OU and, and his play. He's just not in the top tier, in my opinion. Um and the reason he's not is for things like the fact that when it came to pocket play, he would always roll backwards instead of stepping into the pocket or stay in the pocket. I don't want to see Rattler fall into that same problem where he's not confident in the pocket and can find the guy and be willing to take that hit, knowing that you're. And that's you know, go back to your um, Lucas. What your thoughts on you know would he be an NFL quarterback? NFL quarterbacks make the pass and take and the get hit. Laid out. They yeah. get laid out. They get popped a lot, and they just know. That, and that's a tough thing to do. That's one of the things that separates the grapes from the so-sos is that you can, you can know that you can make that pass and you see in your peripheral vision that you're about to be smashed by a 280-pound man. Yeah. Um, he's got to get to Rattler did that on that touchdown pass against Florida to Mims in the bowl game. Someone came untouched, yeah. hit a guy right in his face, yeah. and he dropped a dime to Mims in the corner. Yeah. So Martinez was doing it today. Like, yeah, he had one yeah. where he was getting oh, nailed from behind let's and still completed the Hats off to, to Nebraska in so many ways and in terms of their misdirection plays, their execution. And Martinez, the best quarterback on the field today. Yeah. I don't think he's – I mean, if we're in the, in the um, uh, schoolyard and we're make, picking teams, I'm picking Rattler every time before I'm picking Martinez. But it's really challenged by what you saw today in terms of their play. Yeah. Um, that was very impressive Absolutely. by Martinez. Nebraska fans really showed up today too. They showed oh, up yeah. tremendously. They were at one point when they wow. when they cut it to seven. seven they were loud. they were go big red and, and it, was it was loud. loud. It, it was, was all over that now, stadium. Screw loud. you to all those OU fans that sold your tickets to yes, Nebraska exactly. fans. <laughs> I can't stand you guys. I don't care how much money you got paid for those seats. You should have been at the game. There should have only been about four thousand Nebraska fans. There I don't there I don't know how you can um, exactly. Uh, uh, so figure out you're not going you know, how do you know who you're selling to how exactly can you discriminate in the way you want to discriminate it, it's OU Nebraska you don't sell your tickets oh okay okay for even $400 yes 
Well, I'm, I'm not going to criticize anybody for selling something, um, especially after how bad the conditions were yet again in that stadium, and I'm not going to get off on that, but um, running out of water yeah, in the they were very hot. They, they were, were bad. very bad. Um, but, uh, yeah, Nebraska fans were great. They were they were yeah. fantastic. I, I I guess let's round out that the, the quarterback play, um, see what everybody else has to say. I'll say that I am still on the Spencer Rattler support train, but I'm having con- second thoughts, and um, I realize that he may not be the best option, or he may be the best option, and we don't have a lot of good options. He's got two weeks to figure it out before Texas. I like that. So I like that. And I don't. I don't want him to figure it out at Texas. I want him again. To figure, yeah. <laughs> I want him to figure it out next week against what seems to be an okay West Virginia team. Maybe um, Virginia Tech today. Didn't yeah. They? Yeah. Yeah. And then, For what it's worth. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I exactly. mean, it was a ranked team. Whatever that is. But going on the road to K State, figure it out, and that'll be a great test, I think, because that place is going to be rocking when yeah. we go up to Manhattan. I'm still on Spencer's side. Um, I do think he has a shorter leash, though. Um, I think the dynamics, none of us know if Caleb Williams can, can handle taking on the starting role right now. But here's a, here's a theory I have. It's a little, it's not off topic, but it's a little off base, maybe. I think Lincoln started recruiting Rattler when he was like in the ninth grade. Mm-hmm. And mm. Lincoln had kind of just taken over for OU. I think seeing. I think coaching Baker at his tail end and then having Jalen Hurts Mm -hmm. and Kyler Murray, I think Lincoln has understood how lethal his offense is with a mobile quarterback. Mm. And you can see that in the future recruits Mm -hmm. with Caleb Williams Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. and Malachi Nelson. Nelson. Mm -hmm. But I think he's, I don't want to say he's stuck with a five-star quarterback and Spencer Rattler, Mm. but I do think that Lincoln has spent the last three, four seasons learning who he is tailoring his offense to a quarterback who can either really extend the play like Baker could. He wasn't he's he was more athletic than than Spencer. Totally. Mm-hmm. But not really a runner. No. But he extended a lot of plays and gave receivers time to come open. And everybody knows what Hurts and Kyler could do. So I actually think Lincoln is kind of trying to tailor his playbook to a quarterback who's not as athletic and mm-hmm. I think he struggled. That's a great point and there's a couple points in there or concerns. One is when you're looking at someone he's recruited since ninth grade, at what point is it an, a, a, all the biases, a sunk cost fallacy, um, uh, um, endowment effect fallacy, where he is not willing to let go of the fact that he may have made a mistake all those years ago. Um, recruiting anyone in the ninth grade is a crapshoot because they have a lot of development to go. He also played at a very small school. So it's hard to say exactly what, and I think we have seen that time and again where he's tried to athletically run, and he's realized he can't push people around in Division One football yes. the way he could in in his whatever a version. You know, Although he did knock over the Nebraska, he did knock him over today. Over he, I was hoping. I was, was afraid he was going to get flagged. <laughs> I exactly. It was more I don't of a glance that a, that a no, he knocked the guy down, and, and then stood he over stood him, over. And I thought he was oh, he stood. Flagged. He stood up to him. Right. The guy got back up. I don't but think anyway. it's so much that he's incorrect in Spencer's talents. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if he's able to use Be him his talents. In, in his, no, that's my second. To. That was the second thing I think that was great. A good point that you directly made is that he may be mismatched for Riley, and Riley did not recruit Baker. Um, did he at Texas Tech? No, he wasn't there at the time. No, he was, he was at ECU. Yeah. So he didn't. He didn't recruit Kyler. 
he didn't recruit all these guys exactly. He got in. He, he was a, a con, you know, a different combination. Sooner magic of brought him things again. coming together. Sooner magic <laughs> brought him together, um, um, and and for whatever reason, it was it was actually it was absolutely magical, and it could still be magical with Rattler. Rattler's got a lot of talent. He could be magical. He is a tremendous athlete, a tremendous quarterback mind. I think it just needs to be channeled and and probably find some maturity anything else about rattler this become the rattler show for a while huh? no i'm not going to give up on him but i'm agreeing with connor like he needs to get it figured out in the next two weeks i don't want yeah, i don't want to have the point. same feeling i did after tulane and after today going into the texas game mm-hmm. that would my nerves are already shot with a mm-hmm. five point tulane game a seven point nebraska game mm-hmm. i don't want to go mm-hmm. into the texas game feeling like i feel today yeah that's what that's what sucks is that game, like these, this game, Tulane, that's tiring. It is that's, tiring. Like, and this, even with and the, heat, the heat, just, I mean, yeah. with the heat especially, you're hot, but even besides you're the heat. watching it, and you're like, God, why are we, why yes. am I doing I shouldn't this? be stressed. I, I shouldn't should be, be stressed. stressed in the last four minutes of <laughs> exactly. the quarter. Uh, physically Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that, that was frustrating. Do you think there's any, I don't think there's anything to this, but do you think there's anything to the fact that it is Nebraska? Maybe there is. Nebraska it meant a lot to Nebraska fans. I bet Scott game. Frost had that team. Just Scott Frost absolutely. Scott Frost had two reasons to. One, he is on thin hot ice. The he's in the hot seats. seat, and at at the same time, he's got all of this nostalgia building on him. Mm-hmm. Whereas for OU, it's kind of just another game. These players don't have any knowledge or history of this rivalry. Um, Lincoln doesn't. I mean, they know about it, but they didn't experience it and live it. They don't know about Sooner Magic. I lived it. I've seen it. Um, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly with the OU Nebraska series. I lived through the 90s, and damn sure I wanted revenge today. Yeah. I wanted to roll them up 49 to nothing yeah, and, and be calling off the dogs and, and everything. But um, we didn't do that for sure. So I don't know. Maybe there's something to that, um, that it was a little bit of a, a weird matchup that we had a lot to um, lose and not a lot to gain and they were the opposite of that I don't know I mean that's the same philosophy you could use about the Tulane game saying oh they moved the game the week of all this poo-poo crap no I wouldn't I wouldn't use that excuse I wouldn't use that excuse at all and I don't like that excuse here but I do wonder if it wasn't a bad mismatch I mean anytime you play Nebraska Nebraska is a good a good opponent because Nebraska is a big name still at least for now, we'll see where they develop. Notre Dame's a big name, and they're not. I don't this year. They're not very good at all. I don't think Nebraska at this um, point to me is like UCLA. Exactly, an ideal matchup. is not a great ideal team, matchup, but it's but a, if a, it means a lot name. to UCLA, like it meant to Nebraska, you, it can be a trap game to yeah. a degree. So there may have been some trap element to it. I don't know. We'll see. We're gonna get every lower level team's best shot, no matter what. Well, for you sure, know, with so our move to the SEC and yeah. everything. But it's been yeah. like that for twenty. I know, but years. I know, but I, I don't think you can. I don't think we can ever go into a game and say, ah. You know, this team's just going to – I absolutely think it does play a role. Like, yeah, we should have stopped them regardless, 100%. But you add not only the fact that they're playing an amazing Oklahoma team and this big name right now, and Nebraska's very much down, then add on top of it all of the stuff that goes with this game and the history of it, 
there's no doubt in my mind that there was a level of get up for for that team to come out and be impressive, and they were impressive in my opinion. I don't I don't think they were I don't think they were anything that we shouldn't have just murdered. When me and Steve were watching the pregame, they showed Nebraska getting off the bus, mm-hmm. and Scott Frost had the cockiest look. Not bad cocky, like, like right. confident, like, ready to go. Yeah. Like I'm, he, yeah. he stepped off the bus and he had this little smirk on his face, and I told mm-hmm. Steve, I said, we may need to watch out because Frost looks like he's ready, like they're going to go. Like, yeah, it's he, he's ready to fight. And they were. Well, that's why I texted you guys earlier in the week. It, I just didn't feel like a three-touchdown victory was going to come easy. It's, mm-hmm. It was a, a season-saving potential win for them. And you Maybe luckily a bet $100,000 right. on that, and you you did real well. Yeah. <laughs> Frost could be coaching for his job almost. I mean, it could Absolutely. be a job-saving type of win today, Absolutely. regardless oh, of what the rest of the season was. Yeah. If he had come Maybe into Norman and won it today, yeah. he'd lose the rest of his game. Yeah. Still no. his job. Yeah. So. It would have helped him a lot. I think it's a moral victory for Nebraska. I think it's a big... It, it's, it was... At least neutral. I wish we had a Nebraska fan here. It'd be fun to. It would be real I talked fun. to a couple after the game, and you know, I said, "Y'all, we're all treated well." And they said, "Oh yeah, we had a you know, good. good time." I said, "You have a good time." They go, "Yeah." Even though we lost, it was a great game, and mm-hmm. we're we're not as disappointed as we thought we'd be. Yeah, I didn't hear a single fan that thought they had a chance coming to town. Yeah, actually, mm-hmm. I think the fans came just for the nostalgia and mm-hmm. to right. be here. I don't think mm-hmm. they really thought in a win fourth quarter, bonus, one position, yeah. one mm-hmm. possession game. What's like they had the ball with the ability to go win the game. Yep. they sure did. <laughs> So, any contentious views? What what takes do you have that might be controversial at this point? Aside from the fact that you want us to go to who's the third string quarterback? I don't think we have. I always a third <laughs> <laughs> no, we do. It's number nineteen. Uh, I would say that we Ralph Rucker. We are Ralph Rucker. Yeah, I'd take Chad Morris. What kind of what kind of um, takeaway should we have that, for the fact that Lincoln is so quick to kick the long field goal? He seems is that his lack of confidence in our offense? Is I think his it's confidence, the confidence in, in the t- kicker. Yeah, I don't Which know. Which he didn't miss a, He missed it he by missed like a, two feet. Yeah, I know. He's very, very good. He's that very good. That was a 54-yarder. I mean, I, is that I think it's his ball? offensive upbringing. I, I think he would be well-suited, especially since we got a transfer punter in that was either All-Pac-12 or All-American. I don't remember. He's one of the two. And I think he's All-American. When, you, when you're not used to having a good defense – you, you go for field goals. You go for more fourth downs. I think you go for more fourth, fourth downs, for sure. I think I, – I go the other way. I think you punt the ball. I think you pin them deeper. You make them go 85, 90 yards you pin, instead you of punted, missing a field you goal from the on 40. That, you would have punted on that, four, that field goal? 51 I don't yards. recall the down and distance, the, distance, the time. Was, I don't remember the time. Hold that up. Hold, hold the missed field goal. I, I, it was, it was about the. Was if it's a 51 yard field goal, then it was at the 41 yard line. It was at the 44. It was a 54. It was a 54, 54, 54 yard, yard field goal. 54 yard field goal. 54 yard miss. Of course, I'm going to criticize the fact that he didn't go for it on. Uh, his call on third and six right. made him. Yeah, you got to. You got to. You got to be I didn't better. Like you have that. to. You have to be better there. Even if like you want, even if you were gonna kick a field goal, yeah. you, you want to kick a forty-nine yard field goal, right. not a, not you a mean, fifty-four yard. Fourth and right. six at the Nebraska thirty-seven. That's that's a go for it zone to me. I agree. The Nebraska at the 37? thirty-seven. Okay, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. That's that's go for it to me. Fourth and six. There was a third third and six before that. He threw an incompletion to Stogner. Said he was hurried when he threw it. That was a, was a bad decision. It was a bad coaching had, decision. Actually, we had a second, a and, we had a second and four, and then it says Eric Gray lost two yards. So right. we get third and six, then we had an incompletion. Yep. 
Yeah, the incompletion so, was what I, where I, mean, I the, my criticism. Losing two yards on second and four. I mean, yeah. second and four from the Nebraska, you know, 35. 35 that, you should be – I mean, that's go zone for throwing in the I end agree. zone. I There's agree. just no – there, that's work? the thing. There's just no mm-hmm. offensive – at least on a consistent basis. The, the rhythm is so off. It's so not like – not there. A even when I feel like we're flowing, the same thing. He said not, there's no rhythm. It's just not at all. And he's running six plays total, and you've got both directions. So we're running 12 – Different plays throughout the game is what it felt like today. Yeah. Now how, you guys, how could Mims be open literally all last season, wide open for deep balls, and he's just nowhere to be found. They're yeah, they're not running those routes. They're, they're not, not running trying. those routes. They're not trying. The they're one that he threw it. over the middle on the post that was Amari Williams. The other knockdown that he had, um, Williams came from his right, cut across diagonally to his left. And he was open. The defender was trailing him. And when Spencer threw that ball, he threw it more down the middle. And Williams had to adjust to more mm-hmm. make his route more vertical as opposed to continuing the diagonal. Yeah, he didn't lead him, he was he didn't lead him out towards the no. pylon. If, yes. he, if he led him, he catches that. And maybe the defender tackles him at the 10 or 15 or whatever. But if not, he walks in the end zone. But he had to literally cut off and go back vertical to try to get underneath the ball. And that's when the defender jumped, and he had to knock it, knock it down. You guys follow this more than I do, but tell me about the rotation on both offense, defense, offensive line, defensive line in, in particular, and maybe the DBs as well. Um, uh, criticism: How has it changed since the first couple, the first two games? Um, what do you think about that? I don't know. I think offensively, I still see a lot of rotation. I know, I know, Riley has a very probably complex playbook. But you guys made a good point. We're not running a lot of different plays. It doesn't look like, but we're still rotating guys out, like. Like every play, it feels like, and we're not letting guys take advantage of of finding themselves or Spencer finding a guy that he can really like. Hey, like, you know, Hazelwood's hot today. Like he's he's getting open. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep I'm gonna look at that. So I don't know. I I don't I don't want to like kind of gimmick up a reason to to keep on piling on the criticisms, but. I, there ha- the, what, what is different like right now? I don't think we've ever seen a, a three-game stretch like this, where, or at least two out of a three-game stretch, where it's been so stagnant mm-hmm. from on that side of the ball, at least. I think rotating the receivers out so often still bugs me. He did it again it today. It drives me crazy. Like, mm-hmm. If you have three guys in there that all know what they're doing and where they're supposed to be, or they're don't, just don't, and they're better. Don't pull two of them yeah, out on they're second better. down and put Wide two receivers. new guys in, right? Because then you're changing the dynamic of the whole team by doing that, and then it, it, you're also giving the defense a chance to substitute. Mm-hmm. When if we when we are at our best and we're in rhythm, we're running down the field and not necessarily just snapping it fast. But if if you go out there and you get safe. First and ten, you run for six yards. You create a mismatch. You they, leave, they've got the wrong defensive leave those, players on the field. Yes, you just leave, your guys leave those receivers on the field instead of swapping one out because then the ref's going to hold the ball. Mm-hmm. It's going to give the other team a chance to rotate two or three guys out, in and out, and then you're snapping the ball you know, at the eight-second mark because the, the refs held the ball mm-hmm. to allow the substitution. Whereas if you get up there, even if you just line up and check the sideline to see what the next play is, Nebraska's not going to be running dudes in and out of there because they don't know when you're going to snap that ball. Right. But instead, we're swapping out two receivers yep. for absolutely no reason. Yep. And 
Now I understand you got to change your package, like you bring in an extra H back and swap yeah, out that's a receiver. Different. That's totally that's different. different. But yeah. literally swapping two receivers on second or third down, yeah, two as opposed people. to just keeping with the, the guys you got on the field to stop the other team from, from being able to swap fresh defensive linemen in. Right. Like which you that, know that could cost you that, three or four first downs a game. Absolutely, because we have the talent advantage. We don't need the fresh people. Yeah. They need fresh people. So if you give them a chance to one catch their breath. To get fresh people in there, three, let their coaches catch their minds, yeah. you know, their mental breath, if you will. They're not keeping up with Lincoln Riley and his staff otherwise. Yeah. Keep applying pressure. Can you imagine being a defensive coordinator trying to go up against Lincoln Riley? But see, he's he's almost stopped the up tempo. Oh, I don't he know has. If, I don't know if that is to if he realized it helps his defense. By not going well, like an instantaneous three and out sometimes. Well, it may I, have helped his defense s- when the defense was weak, but I don't think the defense needs to help Correct. anymore. Exactly. And like I, I said, so I'm either. not trying to run Kevin Wilson 2008, right. like super up-tempo, snap the ball every 15 seconds. But maybe. I'm talking get up to the line, and it's still going to not let Nebraska substitute mm-hmm. on a lot of those third and fours. Yeah. When right. You, yeah. you can just leave the, the three receivers you've got yeah. on the field as opposed to swapping one or two of them out yeah well a lot of times you used to do that too because you created some sort of a mismatch you caught them right with too many linebackers on the field or mm-hmm. yeah. or uh, too many secondary not enough linebackers so you just start pounding the rock and they mm-hmm. don't have the bodies to take care of it mm-hmm. but now it seems like it's not so much about that Mm-mm. you're replacing stogner and you're putting in hall willis, or willis. Somebody yeah. else. it's like there's it's like what's the advantage where, yeah, yeah, right. the, it doesn't change the schematic unless of, he's coming in with some if he, unless he's Shuffling the play in, I don't know what. The and I don't, is. and I don't ever remember Riley doing it like this. Uh-uh. It seems like it's this season that he started uh-huh. the receiver swapping, and maybe it's trying to get guys to not transfer because they're not seeing enough playing time. But yeah, I wonder. Hazelwood shouldn't be running off the field. Thing. Mim shouldn't be running off the field. I agree. And if you want to swap out, you know, Mario Williams and and and, and Mims every now and then, well, but not. There's like two ways to accomplish the worry about the transfer. Back and forth. One would be get up to 45 points, and then everyone gets to play, and you right. keep throwing the ball, or um, find the best guys, and you don't care about the guys who transfer yeah. because that You're is always okay. Always have the yeah. best guy out there. Well, let's look at our picks real quick. Um, uh, we weren't very different on score. Lucas won with 41. The other three all had. We had 45. Obviously, scored 23. Connor won with a low yardage, so it's lows all around. Um, 408 was the actual yardage. Connor guessed 499. Uh, Lucas and Che right together at 538 and 540. And I was right um, between everybody at 525. Um, the low time one, which is really weird because we got the ball first at 802. We that looked scored. like a Jalen Hurts drive. It really <laughs> did. That's a great really point. Did. And Jay won that one just by a hair beating. Um, really, if it would have gone one more, he would have been tying uh, Elise for the 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 score there. None of us won the, the player being Rattler. Longest play, none of us got it at 100 yards. It was a dramatic and probably game-changing PAT that was blocked and run all the way back for a two-point conversion. And there's going to be a carryover. None of us got the last OU player to score. Poll predictions. Where will o- OU be ranked after this week? We'll stay at three. I agree. Who's Oregon play today? Who cares? Stony Brook. Stony Brook? We're three. So they can put up I 70. I three. Um, I can see uh, Oregon's behind us, right? They four. They're four. They're four. I can I can see if Oregon does what we did last week, like a seventy-six nothing type of game. They could move. You them think up. they would move if Tulane wins tonight against Nebraska? That's no no true. Against a two, no way. two Nebraska team. No way. No people are going to see Nebraska. I don't think OU so. Nebraska. I think people are going to remember. Oh, they lost to Illinois, and then Illinois got. When I poll the people, I guarantee you that's not what they think. What do you think, Jay? 
Yeah, I think it's about the same. I don't think we dropped to four. I don't, I don't think there's... You're predicting four. I'm predicting we dropped to four. Unless Oregon wins what? 42 to... 20. So you tell. So what if what if Clemson wins this game seven to three that they're currently winning right now against Georgia Tech? Would you still would that, like would you? Yeah, they got, they can we be can we be two? Can we be can we be one? You don't think we're good enough? <laughs> Not gonna be one. I was. I mean, I mean I, this is such a weird year. Alabama squeaks block squeaks, squeaks by squeaks by Florida. Honestly, a, was Florida, that a failed two point conversion. To tie? It was, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not even. It was an embarrassing fail yeah. of a two point conversion. Yeah. I, like I, this is such a. I don't know. Where, it was the, a Dan Mullen special. Is, the tide is uh, leveling out. Maybe. I'm, the Crimson Tide is leveling out. No, I'm t- on it. College not football only, tide. College not football only tide. is the, the. See, I won't. I wouldn't go so far as to say that. I would say that it's a year of a little bit of a turnover and surprise. Yeah. By the end of the year. We will look at the top four or eight teams and we'll say, wow, those are really the class of football. It just might be surprising the names attached to those teams. Obviously, the number one will be OU, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, Next game predictions. We play West Virginia at night. So we are doing this thing where we go 11 a.m., 6-something, 11 a.m., 6-something, bad game, good game, bad game. This is going to be a blowout. We're going to do really good. 6.30 kickoff against West Virginia. What do you think is going to happen, Lucas? I think we can beat West Virginia. Okay. We can um, beat West Virginia. Go out on a limb on I mean, what we can do. What's that line going to be? You think 17-ish? Um, that's a really good no, line. I don't think so. I think it'll be lower. Yeah. I think it'll be 10. I don't yeah, think it'll I'll be single I'll go, I'll go 13 or so, yeah. I'll, say, I'll go with 17. I like 17. I think it's going to be somewhere between 13 and 17 probably. 13, yeah, that's a good, a good I mean, are we gonna have a good showing? What are we? What are we gonna do? Play, we're playing an undefeated well, West Virginia. I mean, it's a night game, so that does benefit. Not undefeated by much. That does benefit us. Um, I think that there are some factors working in our favor. One factor working against us is the fact that we are somewhat um, listing, if you will, to use a ship illusion. And I think that it depends on how we react to all of that, how we react in this off week. Um, if we start taking ourselves even more seriously or continue the serious thought, then we might get things going and, and have a great showing. I think Otherwise, the, we might get caught. The drop to number four in the polls would help us because it would be like, hey, you guys beat Nebraska and the people don't believe in you. I was hoping, so you I was hoping we fell to seven or eight after Tulane. Yeah, that was my hope. He did. I laughed. I do. I, really I laughed do. I only hope. because, although that's probably accurate for the way that those polls should be volatile, yeah. Humans don't do that. They, just, as you know, because yeah. just like the Alabama game today, there's no way anyone's ever going to not have Alabama at number one right now. And no, you could almost move Florida. You could almost move Florida. And you up. almost could move Florida up after that loss, right, and you won't. could and you uh, and you could move Alabama down. You could make the case. But for motivating so, factor, if we drop yeah. to four, then it's and they're in the locker room saying, "Man, nobody believes in yeah. us." We beat Nebraska. We did our job. If you do that right. Unfortunately, I think they spend so much time saying, ignore the media, don't listen to it, don't read your newspaper clippings. That and they're like, what the hell's a newspaper? Um, they, they tell them, don't do the media. And they tell them, I don't think they, they hammer away the way you can because if you spend the whole time saying, ignore polls, and then you drop in the polls, say, they're not respecting you. You say, but coach, you said we shouldn't look at that. Yeah. Only when I say it's important. I'm not saying the coaches are going to say that. I'm just saying that the other players would be like. That could be. They're going to say themselves. When they listen to our podcast, they'll know. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah for sure. They'll know. So let's close, unless someone has something else to say, which maybe this, I say let's close, and this might be 45 minutes. 
Optimistic or pessimistic going forward? Will OU be a playoff team? Will they win the, the Big 12? Jay, we'll, have, we'll give you the courtesy of well, starting. That's a tough one. Um, no, it's not. Two simple questions. Oh, man. I do think that we will win the Big 12 because things are correctable and we are more talented than everybody else. Yeah. And it should come together. Correctable, and yet we're still playing very and, well. And the league is down. Yeah, I don't think the league's that great. Um, fortunately or unfortunately, our offensive line is on the beat and bow track where we're two, three games away from having a really good offensive line that <laughs> well, yeah, propels our, us through the end Joe of the Moore. season. The Joe Moore line we expect. Until we Game run into, incredible. Until mm-hmm. we run into uh, an SEC playoff squad or a Clemson team, and all of a sudden our offensive line just isn't so good anymore. So I think we, we, I think we have that trajectory. True. That's not always true. Against Georgia, they were still really good. And I don't know. Somebody do the math. How many, guys, how many of those five guys are starting in the NFL right now? Oh, that's right, all five. Yeah, at yeah. least four. Yeah. <laughs> So, so you say we will win the Big 12. Are we a playoff team? And, and look at it from a broader spectrum, not just a prediction, will we be, but somewhat of a prediction and somewhat of a should we be. Should we be thinking our, of ourselves as a, predi- a playoff team? I don't think we're playing good enough, no. Not right now. There's okay. a long way to go. I, will we end up that way? Probably so. I, I think Alabama is going to be there. For sure. Clemson's not looking great, but they actually have a really, really weak rest of their schedule. Very I mean, they should just, so. they're going to, everyone's going to forget the Georgia game, and by that mm-hmm. time, they're going to be 11 and 1 mm-hmm. or 12 and 1, and they'll be in. I don't think Oregon has a whole lot of tough games left. Mm-hmm. And Ohio State's going to lose again. I think the Big Ten's going to eat each other up a little bit. I what was the final Penn in State, Ohio State Tulsa? Twenty-seven yeah. to fourteen. Mm. I think. So I do, I do. I think, I okay. think that we will be a playoff contender. I think we will be in the playoffs, even Ohio though State. we are not playing well enough to be in the playoffs. Well, so we're going to get better. Yes. You're optimistic. Yes, but I also think we can nice. definitely lose every game we play. <laughs> we cannot. <laughs> uh, so by that you mean. Every game we play, let's we just could say lose. let's just say at ten o'clock next Saturday. There's if, only if one Virginia, game. Like, oh, yeah, there's only going. one game on our schedule. That's true, but that's true of everyone, and that's true of even Alabama. No, I, I don't anyone. feel that way. It's not true, way. actually. We can't lose to, to Kansas. Kansas. That would Impossible. be that would be you know, a, a nine standard deviation yeah. event. Uh, we, but by and large, every team can get beat in football. I think I hear what you're saying that we're not a team where we are going to. We're going to be a 60-40 in a lot of games rather than a 70-30 or 80-20. I think we're we going to have a like lot of fourth be. quarter games Yeah, where yeah. we're still playing all of our starters. We want our playing. percentages to be higher than they're going to be, and they're, they're just not going to yeah. be. We're not going to run away with games. Connor, what do you think? I'm, opt- I'm, I'm optimistic, yes. Yes and yes. Uh, definitely playoff team. Definitely going to take the Big 12. Um, I... I am. We have. We've been through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this riding of the ship um, over the first few weeks. It feels weird this year because we're riding some positions mm-hmm. that we haven't had to write before, uh, and some positions that we have had to write before are looking our strongest. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think it's. I think we're just uncomfortable as fans. Like mm-hmm. we've been in. We positions. wanted more. We're greedy. Yeah, for sure. And I think with a program like OU, you should be greedy as a mm-hmm. fan. And. It should be understood by both players and coaches that that's it. That's the standard. Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, I'm optimistic. I think that, like Jay said, everything is correctable at this point. I think you need to find some some confidence with your quarterback. Uh, you need to find a way to establish some consistent and rhythmic offense. Um, but once once you do that, and it will be done, uh, I think you're in, in a great position to, to be exactly where I think we'll be at the end of the year. So we're watching the, the entrance of Penn State, and they're, who are they playing today? Auburn. Auburn. That's a big game. That is a big game. That's, a big game. Awesome. That's the type of game I hope to see. That's a bucket list well, environment. Well, that is, it'd be fun, it'd be really great to see OU do a home-and-home home against Penn State. But if you look at that, and that is the kind of game and the atmosphere I would like to have seen Nebraska in today. It wasn't exactly that. Part of it's the fact that it's a morning game instead of an evening game. But it it just, I don't know, it's, it's interesting to see the contrast there as a little di- digression. I'll say that I'm optimistic. Uh, it's, uh, I'm less optimistic than I've been at any point in the season. Um, but I do think that we are most likely to win the Big 12 versus any opponent. Um, we may or may not be greater than 50% to win the Big 12 just because of the difficulty of that. Um, that's a change. Yep. So I'm a little less optimistic to almost pessimistic about it, but I think that we're, we're more likely than any other team to, to win the Big 12. We're in the best position. It's ours to lose, if you will. Playoff team, I think that we're going to be a playoff team. Um, I think that we'll be a contender to be a playoff team, and I think we'll likely be a playoff team. Um, but it won't surprise me as much now as it would have in the, in the past few weeks if we don't end up being a playoff team. But I'll say this, and you mentioned it when you said that, we'll, that people will forget the, the Georgia game for Clemson. Um, there's going to be a lot of games that for, are forgotten. No one's going to look back at this Nebraska win and, and talk much about it. When you look back at Ohio State barely beating Indiana last year, and that's a weird year, so let's look at Alabama barely beating Mississippi last year. Let's look at Clemson in the years they've won the national title and the things that they've done nearly losing or losing to, to teams in their conference that are jokes, absolute jokes, like our Kansas State loss last year. That happens. It happens a lot in college football, and you can overcome it. I don't think that a victory is something that's too difficult to overcome at all, so I'm not too concerned about that. I am concerned about the fact that we're not looking as good as we would like for us to be look, looking and as sharp as we're supposed to be looking. All that said, we don't know everything that we think we knew going into any given game. Nebraska can be better than what we thought they were. Um, they don't have to be that bad. And so uh, it, you can be a little optimistic from that standpoint as well. Jim. I will say this. If you look at the first three games last year, we lose two of those games that we shouldn't have lost. Right, for and sure. And through three games this year, we won two of those games that we maybe should have lost. Or could have lost easily. Right. So from that aspect, it's actually an improvement. Maybe we're learning how to win, learning how to close games, relying on the defense to close on games. That's a good point. But we're still underwhelming overall. That's a really good point, Lucas. Now, what are you going to say? Are we optimistic or pessimistic over there? Uh, I think we'll win the Big 12 championship. All right. I think we will still lose a game in the Big 12. And with how horrible this league is, that one loss will probably keep us out of the playoffs. So you agree with me that we want teams like Texas to win so that we look good in those games no, that, that I never improves want our quality of opponent. I don't care. So that we, nope. so you don't, you, you're saying we're going to lose a game and the league is weak, so we need to look as good as we can. We need help. Nope. Uh-huh. 
Well, Texas, the only time I ever want Texas to win is if it puts us in the position to make it into the Big 12 title game for mm-hmm. some reason if we're behind them. Mm-hmm. And that's about the only reason. Or if they, or if or we if need Texas to beat a team, team. If te- Texas needs to beat a team to get us to get us in the big playoff or yeah. something, yeah, that's what you mean. So you're, I'm a realist. You're a realist. Yeah, you got your yeah. opinion. We got 12, our opinion. Big Twelve championship with one loss and not probably a finishing team. fifth or sixth in the playoff voting. Okay. I think yeah. there's extreme parity this year in football. Okay. And some of it might be due to, um. A lot of teams bringing back players they would have normally brought back because you get the extra year. I think some teams have kind of super seniors on their squads that are maybe keeping them in games that they shouldn't mm-hmm. be keeping themselves in. Hmm. While teams like OU hmm. Ohio State, we lose players before we should lose players. Right. So it's almost a, it's almost like a double whammy in terms of, of that's a very interesting players theory. coming back I like for that. teams. But I don't think any league, barring maybe the SEC or something, I don't think any league is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the ACC is not very good. The Pac-12 is not very good. Big 12 is oh. not very good. Yeah, so really I think the, the Pac-12 12 might be better leagues. than what they t- typically been. The ACC is a joke. Yeah, but, and, but Clemson's and already played the SEC. The SEC is much yeah. worse yeah. than they used. Clemson lost their one tough game of the year. So mm-hmm. if they run the ACC table and win the championship, they've got their one loss to Georgia. So they're probably ahead of us in the playoff. If, if we if lose. we lost to a but that could hurt them too. That could also go the other way. Yeah, I mean. You played nobody all, all season. And the one time you played somebody, you got did, beat. Couldn't even get a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, but if their loss, it'd be quote well, unquote better than our loss. I don't know. We'll, we'll cycle through a lot of what ifs um, when we get to actual play and see where people end up. But I, I, I don't know. I like your theory. I like that idea that, that, the, that the super seniors and the all the people coming back is an aid to teams that we don't get that aid. And you're right, the, the top programs just naturally lose a lot more players that we're we're not subject to bring people back we don't lose we people to graduation have, we lose them to we the should NFL. still have adrian Ely at right tackle mm-hmm. right now robinson should be still a guard mm-hmm. um chris hmm. murray would be fighting for center and Ely would be at, at right tackle for offensive line hmm. as an example i mean he left too early went undrafted there's hmm. no reason to leave right it's um, a really good Interesting, and it's not just theory. the lower teams. And we get to have like, Perkins on our defensive line too. Right. It's not right. just the like Louisiana Techs of the world that are having the super seniors. I think these mid-level, major conference teams are having more players return that would have graduated normally coming back. Okay. All right. Well, conference play. Conference next play week. begins next week, and we'll be back covering all the action. Boomer, Appreciate it, everybody. Boomer, Boomer, Boomer. Boomer.